Welcome back to the She Does This podcast. I'm your host, Jordi Lucas. This week, I'm joined by Sammy Leo, who is the founder and CEO of Australia's number one lip balm, Breeze Balm. We talk about how Sammy turned a 70-year-old family recipe into a booming beauty business, her work as a curve model, and why she wants everybody to be celebrated. Here's my chat with Sammy Leo. Sammy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Really excited to have a chat. Now, you're an influencer with over 165,000 followers. You're a business owner. You hail from New Zealand originally. Can you give us just a quick rundown of your background? So um, I have wanted to be a dancer my whole entire life. Um, I've danced since the age of seven and it's been a passion of mine forever. And so at the age of 16, I said to my parents, I know that there's a great school over in Australia. I really want to go over there. Can I leave school and go? And they said, no, you need to finish school first. So at the age of 18, I auditioned and I was like, see you, mum and dad, I'm off to Australia. (laughs) And so that's how I came over here. And then um, I did a performing arts course at Brent Street Studios and I was just like, in awe of this life that I had wanted so badly and it was about halfway through that where I realized halfway through that year of um full-time dancing that I realized this could maybe I could maybe be living a different life than what I had expected and worked so hard for in what ways um in the way of I was kind of opened up to I guess what it really is like to be a dancer and it's not as glamorous as you think it is and it's a lot of hard work and you're always like hustling between one job to another job so there's not a lot of stability and that was something that I realized I needed as a person. I had never lived out of home before, Um, I had never paid bills (laughs) so I kind of learned a lot in that year of 18 and doing all of those things um, and I realized like real, like adults need to have a proper job that they can pay their bills with. I still wanted to go to LA and dance and do all those fantastic things with as a backup dancer, but I started to realize it's probably not a long-term thing. So did you go to LA or did you not? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been to LA dancing quite a few times, um, but... I kind of put my head more into work and making money and having a stable lifestyle. And so that kind of dream, I guess, diminished a little bit because I, and then I became confused of like, what what do I want to do? This is kind of not going to be my ideal role anymore. So I had to kind of figure out what I wanted and what I wanted in my life. I lived in LA myself for three years I think and I was in exactly the same predicament of you know this is not working for me mentally being over here but then you have that conflict of okay well if I move home I'm giving up the career of my dreams so it was kind of like I have to give that up but then come home and make something new for myself here yeah and it's so hard when you work so hard to get to a certain point and then you realize like there's so much more to go and there's 
so many opportunities, but also the the rejection is huge. Like there's so much that goes into it and especially mentally as well. You're consistently trying to sell yourself. And I just think it was like, to be quite honest with you, too hard basket. Like there was, yeah. I know, I know that it's hard to explain, right? It is. And it's such an exciting place when that is your dream. You're right, because there's so many opportunities. And then it is that sacrifice of coming back here where there isn't those opportunities. But it is soul-destroying having to sell yourself all the time. Yeah. And I have a really – I met a really great friend of mine who um, was a choreographer and professional dancer for Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson, um, huge names. And – to this day, he is still like jumping and hustling. And I just think he's amazing. And he's he's like the exception to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, so being so amazing and having all of these contacts and all of these jobs and tours that he's done, he's still jumping from like and having that insecure, um, that no job security. It's definitely a crazy industry tell me about how you got your start in instagram was that when you were living in la no so i only went to la for holiday trips um i've always wanted to live there but it's just never happened um so i guess instagram started and i was like what is this fun thing i had like myspace and bebo but i wasn't really into it um and then instagram came along and i kind of jumped on it and I thought it was really cool to start off with. My full name is Sammy Leonard, but I was like, I'm just going to shorten it to Sammy Leo. Yeah. So it's just like easy and people don't really know my name. It's stuck the whole time now. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just started playing with the app and um, I started a job with Ashley Vines, who's a girlfriend of mine, and she owns a fitness brand. So I guess under that we had a um, – she had an, a re- reality TV show on YouTube that I was filmed a lot in. Mm-hmm. So I guess that exposure also helped grow my following. At the same time, we were doing lots of things locally. So I was out meeting people all the time. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I just kind of got on Instagram at the right time and it built really quickly. Funny, Ashy's on the podcast as well. Oh, <laughs> So you build this audience and all of a sudden people are contacting you, brands are contacting you to work with them. Up till a few years ago, this was a really foreign concept. So how do you go from this is just a bit of fun to, oh, this could actually be a business? Um, Well, I didn't really realize that that was a thing until I don't even remember the first person that offered me money, but they, they were like, oh, yeah, we can pay you to like talk. I think it was like take a photo with the product and I was like oh sure I'll take it like why not and then um it, I don't know it just kind of evolved I don't really work with a lot of brands um I'm really in particular I I like to try products before I promote them um and genuinely like the product so um a lot of like I don't really do a lot of posts but um, yeah it's a really great tool I mean for me word of mouth I feel is the best 
source of marketing. It always has been. So it's basically taking word of mouth and amplifying it to instead of talking to one person, you're talking to thousands of people. So being an influencer and a business owner, you're essentially the face of your own brand. When did you realize that that was a possibility for you to make something of Breeze Balm? Yeah, so um, I guess it started probably around when I first jumped on Instagram. Um, I was always talking to followers as they would come in or they would message or comment. And I could see the connection was really important, um, especially with, I guess, social media, having that connection, it kind of makes them, it's almost like you're talking to a friend. So as I kind of have been through life, Breeze Balm has always been something that I have carried around with me and my friends would ask for it, my friends are friends. And when I came to Australia, new friends like loved it and they'd be like, I'd rip out my pot and they'd say, oh my God, can I have some? (laughs) So I've always known it's been really popular. Um, And it wasn't until I was discussing it with, I was discussing it with a lot of friends um, and just how it's super, like everyone loves it. And because I had started a little bit of a following, um, they were like, maybe you should try and sell it. And my pharmacy had closed down. My friends were asking about it. So I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just ask my followers to see if they'd be interested because I already had that connection with them with discussing or answering any of their questions. Yeah. So I reached out and I said, hey guys, I have this lip balm. My dad makes it. It's super like old <laughs> and it's amazing. It actually works. <laughs> um, my granddad made it. Would you guys want to try it? And they were like, yes, yes. I got all these messages and I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just going to put maybe a thousand on the website and like my friend's a graphic designer. So I'm lucky in that sense where she helped me make the stickers for the pots. She helped me put a cute basic website together and I launched and I sold those thousand out in like three minutes. Oh my God. And I, yeah, I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Like I thought maybe I'd sell like 10 or 20. Yeah. And then that's when I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like people want this. So now it's like a full on business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How did you go about building a team and putting in processes and all that kind of stuff? Because a lot goes into it, you know, accounts, you know, there's so much work. Where did you even begin? Oh my God. It's so hard. Um, to be honest, I just wing it. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I feel that I've done a lot of different jobs in my time. I've been a barista, I've been in housekeeping, I've been a front office manager, I've been a dance teacher, um, I've been in retail, many different retail stores. So I just feel like my kind of experience helped shape what I saw Breeze Balm to be. Um, and then I was looking for particular people that had specific skills that I kind of didn't really have that could pick up the slack where I was not great. So that's how I kind of shaped the people that are a part of Breeze Bar. 
Um, but I, to be honest, I just wing it. Like, I don't, I feel like everyone who starts a business has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> you just learn along the way. So it's a 70 year old family recipe. Does that just make it even more special to you, the success that's come with this business, that it's family owned? Yes, 100%. It's my driving force because I've always appreciated my family being really supportive of my dancing and everything that I've ever wanted to do. They've always said yes. They've never, ever said, like, we don't have enough money or we can't do it. They put their house on the mortgage, back on the mortgage for me to come to Sydney to do a full-time course. They pay for my rent for the whole year. So to have that, it's really special to then be able to give back to them. Um, and my granddad who created the formula has passed, but I do feel that I have a spiritual, some kind of spiritual intuition. And every now and then I'll just hear a little like voice in the background and it's like, don't do this. Or I really listen to my intuition and I feel like he's kind of guiding me as, as we go. So it's really special. We make everything in-house now. Yeah. So my sister has taken up the role of manufacturing and it's really special to be able to say that it's actually three generations of the Leonard family actually making the bombs, which is so cool. So That is so incredible. So you said yourself as an influencer that you choose not to work with many brands. How did that then affect you as a business owner with your influencer marketing strategy because if you've got an online presence as a brand you probably should be engaging influencers so how did you navigate that having experience on both ends of the spectrum yeah i mean it's i i think nowadays if you're not using influencer marketing you should be Hmm. um it's a really great tool. Again, it's word of mouth on a, on a huge scale. So for us, we actually, because of my strong audience, we haven't actually like paid influencers for the first three years of the business. Yeah. And the we've had no paid advertising um, at all, like Facebook ads or anything. So it's purely been from the connection that we have with followers and my friends. I also gift to a lot of people as well. Um, I think that's a really great tool. But I definitely am very picky with who I, I guess, work with in terms of influencers. I like to choose someone who's on brand and aligns with the brand and the brand's values and my values. Mm. Um, I also believe that it's not about the number of followers you have. Uh, it's about the connection that you have with your followers. So I look at those things in particular. Now, speaking of morals and values, it's really obvious looking at your Instagram that you're very passionate about inclusion and diversity. Where does that come from? Yeah, so my mum was born in Fiji um, and we have taken the family holidays to Fiji uh, for ever since I can remember, like once a year we would go. She had a nanny over there. We would go to the villages. We would give the children our toys. So from a very young age, I was kind of opened to a different type of culture. Mm. Um, Through traveling and visiting different countries, I guess I just realized how beautiful every single person is 
in their own way. And I really saw a lack of um, diversity in brands, especially, I mean, go back five years and it would be completely different. Um, and also being a curve model, I feel that, and even as a dancer, you know, it was like you had to be really skinny and you had to be a certain height and you had to look a certain way. So I guess my childhood and, and the different cultures and the traveling and also being a dancer and having those standards yeah. definitely kind of made me realize like, this is not okay. Mm. We want to include everyone because everyone is beautiful and however they look. And it, as a person, I love to see people happy. Yeah. And it makes me really sad that people are unhappy because of other people's opinions. And I think society just has very unrealistic beauty standards. Now, I know I'm sitting here from a position of privilege, but I feel like there has been progress. So do you agree with that? And I guess as well, as a curve model yourself, did you feel like there maybe wasn't a place for you within the industry when you first began? Yeah, I don't. I definitely did not feel that way five years ago. I think it's great that we're starting to open our eyes and brands are using different looking people. But I also, one thing that really has irritated me at the moment, and I didn't realise this until um, a curve model had mentioned it, when you go shopping, when girls go shopping, it's a fun experience and we go with our girlfriends and it, it's great. But I had no idea that stores are now saying, yes, we stock up to a size 20 or we stock up to a size 22. But if you go into the store, they only stock a size 14, maybe a 16. So all of those girls are still missing mm. out on that fun and experience of actually going into a store and trying on clothes. So I think like... That makes me really annoyed because it's like you're jumping on the bandwagon, but you're not committing, you know. And I, I think that's it. I think that's so wrong because there's so it makes someone feel like crap if you're going into a store and then you don't have their size and oh, you have to shop online. It's like great. Well, I might just not shop here anymore. <laughs> mm, and part of that experience that you talk about is feeling the garments on you, trying, you know, different styles of jeans on or because every body will wear a particular garment differently. And curves especially, you know, there is, if you have a small waist and a big butt like me, sometimes jeans will fit me completely great if they're stretchy, but if they're not, I need to try them on because I might have a big gap in the back or they might go over my thighs really tight, but they're loose on my waist it's really hard so for women especially shopping wise um i just think it, it we've got so far to go yeah what are some brands that you feel aren't just jumping on the bandwagon that are genuinely inclusive oh i think i'm sure there's so many brands out there that are doing yeah. it but I haven't walked into a store yet and seen a size 20 yeah sitting unless you go into like um I think one of the stores is like city chic or chic city yeah. or chic girl or something I know but they are specializing bigger sizes yeah so I haven't seen it yet 
disappointing, isn't it? Very, yeah. So what about your experience as a curve model? When did you start modeling? Oh my gosh, this is so funny. So I I guess it just kind of happened naturally. Like I never really wanted to be a model, but I guess dancing and having that creative side and being comfortable with my body, I can move it in different ways. And a lot of my friends have brands, so I kind of started with modeling for them um, because I was a different size. And then bikini brands would see me and they'd be like, oh, do you want to model for me here? And I'm like, yeah, let's just do it as like a friend thing because I'm new to this. And now I have an agent and yeah, it's a big thing. (laughs) So is that like a a huge part of your weekly work, what your life looks like now? Not really. Uh, I'm more focused on Breeze Balm. But if there is a shoot opportunity, I feel in my responsibility for curve women is to be out there and showing them that what sizes fit and how it looks on me. I want other people to feel confident in their own skin. And I I feel like it's a responsibility for me to, to show them that you can look beautiful in a pair of jeans. I bought an article of clothing online the other day and something that this particular brand was doing, which I've seen more of lately, is they'll have you know, your standard image of the size eight model, but then you'll also be able to see images of a size 12, 14, 16, you know, upwards, different models and body types wearing the article of clothing. So you can see what it looks like on each body type. Yeah. And sometimes it looks completely different. Um, I have a friend who has just rebranded her bikini brand um, over in LA and she now has shop your size based on the model. So you can pick what size you are and they have every single model for the size and you you can go straight to that and you can see her in all the bikinis, which I think is fantastic. So Euro trips and Bali beachside villas might be off the cards for now, but when travel returns, be ready with American Tourista. With hopes of lockdowns being relaxed just in time for summer, American Tourista has an amazing range of luggage, backpacks and travel accessories to get you exploring again. American Tourista puts the fun and colour in travel with products that are trusted all over the world. Head to americantourista.com.au and enter the code SHEDOESTHIS at checkout for 45% off full-priced items and 55% off clearance. T's and C's apply. Happy travelling. Something I wanted to talk about, which you mentioned before, is jumping on the bandwagon because I think on social media there is so much of this. And I think social media is great for raising awareness and posting about issues is really important. But I think there should be more importance of, you know, what are you doing offline? What are you doing when the hashtag isn't trending anymore? I feel like that can sometimes be more important than putting a tile on your social media. Exactly. One of the first... um like with Breeze Balm, we we started in 2016 and I just kind of used myself and my friends. But as soon as I could, when we rebranded in 2018, as soon as I could pay for a model, I said, I want someone that looks completely different, super dark skin and gorgeous. Like I just wanted someone different. And 
we had Cass who's absolutely amazing and I just feel like why haven't people included beautiful women from all different shapes sizes before I don't understand it um but I'm really proud of Bree's Balm for always thinking about that we had a lipstick launch we had a redhead we had like all of these we had a boy for yeah. makeup which I feel like people use like I think people just need to show because everyone is different in the world and everyone's going to relate to someone different and it's so important for young younger boys and girls to see someone in the media that they can relate to look at all social media so many young kids these days say I want to be like this youtuber or I want to be like this social media influencer so I think as influencers too we need to think about the things that we talk about the things that we promote and really think about the people that are watching as well because you can have a different age group you know I, I keep in mind that there's maybe 13 14 year olds still watching my stuff what was your self-confidence like when you were that age um I feel I had pretty good confidence um, it wasn't until I did my my year in Sydney with dancing where my self-confidence took a huge turn. Um, it was a lot of things for me. I really kind of was thrown in the deep end. I'd never lived out of home before. I was in this like fast-paced competition every day, like this is your dream. So there was mentally there was a lot of things going on. And you had to look a certain way, you had to change your hair yeah. colour, you had to do this, this, this. I, I was put in a lineup and the person went down the line and said, You're boring, you need to lose weight, you're you need to change your hair colour, you'll never make it, blah, blah, blah. Like it was brutal. <laughs> um so my confidence really took a hit then. And it's been I go I go to therapy and I feel like that's also a stigma as well like if you go to therapy you must be crazy so I do talk about that on social media because I think it's important for people to talk to people like this could go so deep <laughs> I have a fraction of the following that you do but I'm also really passionate about um, raising awareness and breaking the stigma of of um, mental health issues because I think it's really important that we all remember that you can appear a certain way within the world but you could be dealing with god knows what on the inside and I think that's really important for people to remember especially being online you know I had this discussion with Ashy Bynes last week was that people need to realize the impact of the words that they leave on somebody else's feed do you experience any negativity or trolling on your account oh yeah for sure I had some horrific things said to me but and mostly it's about my weight or my body shape you know, you're too fat, you're ugly, you're this and that. And I just think I can't fathom writing that to someone. So this, I've learned that people that write that kind of stuff are really hurting. And for me to react in a nasty way back to them is probably not going to help them. So coming from a place of love and giving them the love and light that they need is, is probably better than just taking it on board. It's definitely taught, like, I, I mean, it's taken a long time. <laughs> I used to get hurt, but yeah. I've really learned that yeah. it's not really a reflection of me. It's a reflection of them. And I think people forget that everyone is a human and they're all going through different things. And 
they're all feeling certain ways that maybe they're not showing. So I agree in that sense that you just never know what's going on in someone's life. So being kind is the most important thing. Definitely. How did you get to that place of coming from kindness? Because it is really hard when someone leaves something nasty on your photo to not get upset or want to say something back. Like how did you get to that place of forgiveness? Um, I, Like I go to therapy and I, I think from there was a stage where we, I got like a lot and I just, I kind of, it happened so much that I was like, okay, I can have, I have a choice. I can either choose to let this affect me or I can choose to ignore it and see how that feels. And I, I chose to ignore it and I started to feel better. I'm also really good at letting stuff go so as a person so I feel that helps me as well but therapy has helped talking to my friends um and really saying like oh that comment really upset me and then having my support network around me be like don't be silly that's you don't need to listen to that so I guess it's a, a kind of a mix of both but I definitely think speaking out and talking to someone about it will help if anyone's feeling like they're getting keyboard warriors just remember that they might be going through something. You never know, do you? So let's talk about the future for yourself and Breeze Balm. So business and personally, what are the goals? Oh my gosh, there's so many goals. Well, originally we were supposed to have a huge 70th birthday party this year, but that's not going to happen. I was so annoyed. (laughs) Um, So I want to have a birthday party at some stage. But I think just I want, I believe Breeze Balm is a lip balm that works. It is multi-purpose. It is enriched with great ingredients, minimal ingredients, and it's a 70-year-old formula. So it really does speak for itself. I believe every single person on this planet would love it and needs it. So that's my goal. I was talking to another businesswoman a few weeks ago and she said that you constantly have to have this mindset of, you know, what's next? What are we going to do next? And be really innovative. Is that something you would ever do for Breeze Balm? You know, would you expand the range so it's not just lip balms and, and have more products in the range? Something that we are looking at and kind of planning is um, a, a product line and how it's going to look. Um, but for me... You know, Breeze Mum is its own formula. Uh, so creating something that is my own and not just a white label product that you can go to a manufacturer and just slap your brand on um, yeah. is something that I want to do. So, yeah, I want to make sure that my formulations are perfect because I'm a perfectionist, <laughs> but also that they are, you know, multi-purpose and anyone can use them. So I know that takes time and... Yeah, I mean, I would, I've would. i got a product line that I want to do. It's just kind of finding the right formulation and making it work. And what about where you're going to end up? Are you going to be an Aussie girl or are you going to go back to New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> I miss my family. I would, love, oh, I would love to go back to New Zealand for a holiday, but I think I'm going to stick in Australia for a little bit 
longer. <laughs> well, you've brought an amazing product with you and I think I'm going to have to go and buy some myself and, and try it out. Sammy, thank you so much for your time on the podcast this week. It's been great chatting with you. Yes. Oh my gosh, we'll have to send you some. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and I'm really, really excited that we got to chat. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'll be back next week with another episode of the She Does This podcast. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search She Does This. Give us a follow and keep up to date with the latest from the site. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.